You can be in finance and be in sports. You can be in marketing and be in sports. Sports touches everything. And so you have teams, leagues, you know, agencies, other organizations that have all of those departments. FCF has been a great sort of middle between traditional sports, sort of then your gaming and your esports stuff. And so brands have been interested. People then get familiar and they're like, wow, this is actually really cool and exciting, but it takes getting over that hump of education. So that's been huge for us. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Picture it. 2001, 20 years ago. I was working at CNN Sports Illustrated, and one of my big responsibilities was being the lead editor for our NFL preview show. The talent on that show was pretty impressive. Hall of Famer James Lofton. Saved by the Bell, the college years veteran Bob Golick current University of Nebraska athletic director and former number five pick in the NFL draft, Trev Alberts, and former college and NFL coach Ron Meyer. It was big news around our office when Ron Meyer, the coach, decided to leave and become a coach again in the XFL, Vince McMahon's new football league set to compete with the NFL. The newsroom was pretty hyped for the first game. It was February 2001. The XFL had promised a new way, a new package, a new experience for playing football. Weird names on jerseys, sky cams, a more hyped up party version of the game. And get this, instead of an opening coin flip, they would do something they called the scramble. And it was the ball on the 50 yard line and two players lined up 10 yards away and they would race to the ball and whoever ended up with it, their team won the coin flip. It was actually kind of cool. Dick Butkus did the announcement saying it was going to happen. The stadium was packed. It felt like, all right, this is kind of cool. And then it went downhill really fast when they started to actually play football. (laughs) As Bob Costas joked, it has to be at least a decade since I first mused out loud, why doesn't somebody combine mediocre high school football with a tawdry strip club? Finally, someone takes my idea and runs with it. That's sarcasm, folks. Unfortunately, that was the big flaw. The actual play of the game really stunk. High school football might be generous. Tawdry Strip Club, yeah, actually, that was pretty spot on. They lasted one year. The game started out with pretty high ratings. People were interested, and it just fell off fast. Alliance of American Football, remember them? They lasted a year. There have been a lot of leagues and sports that have tried to take a foothold on the sports audience and have failed. It's not easy. So when a new league comes along, forgive me if I'm a bit skeptical. But I may be changing my tune. Fan-controlled football has stormed the scene. It is football, but for the modern world. Seven versus seven, 50-yard field. No kickers or punters, no special teams at all. Streamed on Twitch, you call the plays, one-hour games, NFTs, you can be a part owner of the team, and they have serious backing. We're talking Wendy's, Verizon, Progressive, Champion, Gatorade. These are big businesses investing in this product because they know it's reaching an audience that is younger and different and wants something that's a little bit of a shift from traditional sports. One-hour games. Kind of key in there, right? Current former players are involved as owners like Austin Eckler, Richard Sherman, Dalvin Cook, and Marshawn Lynch. Sounds pretty cool, right? 
but how did it go? Because things can sound cool, but not really pay off in the end. Well, the FCF saw a steady increase in its viewership through its first five weeks, starting out with 735,000 in the first week to reaching 2.1 million live viewers via Twitch streaming in the playoffs. Which, in case you're curious, the Wild Aces beat the Glacier Boys 46 to 40 in the final. It was pretty exciting. I watched some highlights. The FCF second season, which they're calling season version 2.0, will start in spring 2022 after the NFL Super Bowl. So it's a counter-programming. You finish the NFL season and then you go into the FCF and they're expanding to eight teams for the 2022 season. They announced a new broadcast deal with NBC Universal to broadcast every game of the 2022 season. They'll still be on Twitch. They're still going to live stream. They're still going to connect with that audience, but they're expanding. Today's guest is on the front line of that growth. Jasmine McGee is a senior director of marketing partnerships for the FCF, and she is as impressive as they come. She is no gimmick. She is legit. Truth is, you had me at Marshawn Lynch. I'm just about that action, boss. But let's get into this conversation with Jasmine McGee. Yeah, that's what it is. Please, please, please. I'm just about that action, boss. About that action, boss. About that action, boss. You feel me? Hi, Jasmine. How are you doing today? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to talk to you. Like, it's so fun to have these conversations with people in the sports industry and learn about their background and such. But having somebody from this very innovative field of fan-controlled football and a startup and just this really cool entity in the sports industry is an exciting conversation for me and the audience. So I really appreciate you jumping on. No, no problem. Happy to be here. So let's jump into the beginning first, and then we'll get to some of the fun stuff on career advice and fan control football and some of the innovative things that you guys and your team are up to. But going back to your kind of beginning, how would you kind of articulate like figuring out for yourself that the sports industry was something you wanted to pursue as a career? How did that moment kind of come about for you? Sure. Um, well, I think like a lot of people that are probably in my age box, you know, sports and sports management wasn't really a major in college or you know, a prevalent um, field, I guess, in terms of what you want to do when you grow up. <laughs> so right. for me, I was a finance major. I went into finance when I graduated from Georgetown, um, which in 2008, as you can imagine, was a very tumultuous time to be trying to seek out a full-time career in the Timing finance field. Timing was not on your side. Yeah, that's <laughs> a rough all. time to get into finance. Um, but fortunately, I went into the side of finance that was auditing all the failing banks. So business was booming. But oh, yeah. I, <laughs> but I you know, quick, quickly realized that that while it was a great job and great money and, and all of that, you know, I, my passion was really in sports. And so by the time a few years had gone by after I graduated undergrad, you started to see like sports management jobs and sports management majors and programs. So for me, I thought, okay, well, what a, what a better time than now to go back to school. So I went back and got my MBA in sports management and it was great. It was, I was able to put together all of my business passions with a sports focus, which was something I was very interested in. Um, and yeah, from there, you know, I think to today, now you see programs left and right and, and students are able to sort of pursue that as a career from the outset. But for me, yeah, I mean, it was just sort of realizing what I didn't want to do, which was <laughs> at that time finance. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think sports and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but everything about sports in terms of 
just every year something new. There's always, you know, ability to grow and and new sports coming out, new leagues, you know, yeah. sort of like FCF. Um, and so a lot of really good opportunities that way. So yeah, it was a great, a good time for me to make that pivot. And I tell students all the time, just because you go to college for XYZ major, you don't have to necessarily stay there. Okay. So I think that's amazing advice right there. And one of the things we talk about a lot is that there's a lot of people who start down a path like finance or start down a path like, you know, business administration or human resources or whatever. And they're like, once they start doing it for a couple of years, they're like, yeah, this isn't it for me. (laughs) So for you, was it obviously getting the MBA was a big moment that helped you get that additional knowledge for the sports industry, but were you still able to kind of map the finance knowledge towards a sports career too? Like having that knowledge and that undergrad still probably helped you in this process as well, I'd imagine. Sure. Yeah, of course. You know, business administration in general, business is very vast and especially sports business. You know, you can be in HR and be in sports. You can be in finance and be in sports. You can be in marketing and be in sports. Sports touches everything. And so you have teams, leagues, you know, agencies, other organizations that have all of those departments. So it's great that, you know, for people that want to sort of make the pivot, you can sort of take those tangible skills and transfer them to, to other areas, you know, one of them being sports, but yeah, sports touches everything. So it's a great opportunity to be able to use all those skills in your toolbox. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. And we talk about, I mean, a lot of our audiences we talked about beforehand, I mean, our audience tends to be 18 to 30 year old, you know, and they tend to be people that are trying to figure out that fit or maybe career changing like you are. So this advice is so important for them. So how did you figure out that fit then? Because like you just said, the sports industry is vast. Any opportunity in any other business exists within sports pretty much. But then there's additional things, you know, coaching and scouting that are very specific to sports. How did you go from that moment of saying, I think I want to pursue my MBA in sports to knowing I want to work in like sports marketing or some specific niche for yourself? How did you kind of get to that point? Sure. Yeah. I think for me, um, during my graduate program, I interned um, at Wasserman, which is an awesome agency. And I got a lot of great experience and I was actually in their digital team. So it was a new experience than anything that I had ever even worked on myself. Um, But I think really that sort of built my love for the agency space, which in turn, you know, sort of when you graduate and get into a job, especially in sports, you're always nine out of 10 going to start at the bottom and and work your way up and being in a, in a place of employment and getting a view of everything that's going on. I think that's the best way to sort of pick what it is that specifically that is that you want to do. And for me, um, that happened to sort of been more of the marketing focus um, at that time. So I think I sort of fell into it, which I feel like a lot of people maybe do when, when it comes to a career change or, you know, pivoting into a new industry. Um, And for me, that's sort of where I found success. It's where there was opportunity and opportunity for growth for myself. And so I sort of just took it and ran with it. And, and I realized that, you know, marketing, I think is such a huge umbrella phrase that could mean a lot of things. And so with sports, you know, marketing that for me was working with talent, working with endorsements, working with their brand and brand building and, and things of that nature. So I sort of just as a natural shift kind of got into marketing from, from there. So I kind of left my finance in the dust and (laughs) switched over a little bit. I mean, Wasserman and then Excel sports management, you spent three years there and they're another massive sports and marketing agency. What were some of your big takeaways from that experience as you started to dive into this side of the business? You have that fi- that finance background, you got your MBA, now you're diving into what this industry is like, and you're at these massive sports agencies. 
what were some of your big takeaways where you were like, oh, wow, didn't quite expect this or, or like eye-opening moments? Sure. Yeah, I think for me, um, and I interned at Washington in grad school, and then I took a full, my first full-time agency job was at CAA, which is literally the okay. behemoth number one in pretty much everything, um, or at least at the hits, time man. they Those were. Those are all I, the best agencies. Top for three, sure. I did, yeah. Yeah, um, top shelf. I, but I think really, you know, agency side for me and, and for most people really can give you like a holistic view of the industry. And especially at a place like CAA, which and even then, you know, is obviously entertainment heavy and that's their their big bread and butter. But being in an agency really lets you see sort of how all the pieces are interconnected. So you can see how, you know, talent touches marketing, touches finance, touches HR, touches you know, just everything. And so that for me was really eye-opening to realize like, wow, you know, there's really more below the surface than you think it would be initially when you when you look into like any parts of, of the business. Um, and yeah, you know, I think, and especially at Excel too, you know, I worked with talent, I worked in corporate brand consulting, I helped manage our business development and our sales team. So at the time that I took my full-time job at Excel, we were, I was employee probably 30 something and there's over a hundred and something now. So being in a place that was growing and implementing systems and we were, we were at the forefront of deciding, you know, which path to take for certain things and how to grow our business and our talent and our, our staff. I mean, all of those things. And that's really exciting to be in a position where you're sort of learning and growing and having input on the decisions that are being made to help grow your business. So, you know, the agency side, you know, while it definitely, you know, touches everything, you yourself get to touch everything. And especially in a place that's building where you can wear multiple hats and sort of like I did, I mean, I was cross departments in a bunch of ways, but we were still a very small group. So I was able to work with and manage talent and manage sponsorships of brands and also like seeing what our sales efforts were doing on behalf of those brands and that talent. So being able to kind of put everything together, I mean, it's really, really eye-opening and, and really gives you opportunity to learn and, and to help build something. So it's funny, the way you're describing it sounds like a startup. It really does. Like I've worked it at was. a startup before, my wife's <laughs> worked at startups before, and it's one of those, you do everything, You're it's like grinding it out, you're trying to accomplish so much. And yet now you literally are at a startup. So how different has it been going from agency to FCF, this new startup league, this disruptive league? Um, I would imagine from what you just described, there must be some parallels of having your hands in a lot of different things and having some big goals ahead of you. Yeah, I think for me, this was a different opportunity. And I think a lot of times, you know, and especially like, you know, you mentioned, like I was at all, been at all the top agencies. And, and so, you know, that experience, while I love traditional, and I appreciate the structure and some of those things, you know, I think a lot of times you find that sort of the upper tier of, you know, whether it's management or, or ownership, you know, they're, they are very traditional in how they think, which sometimes leads for those working on behalf of the clients, it, it's hard for us to sort of be innovative and come up with new ideas because a lot of times, you know, the company doesn't want to step outside of what traditionally has always worked and been successful for them and their clients. So I think for me, moving to, to FCF was an opportunity to, I mean, literally like Excel was kind of big agency, but sort of mom and pop when I started there. But FCF yeah. is like literally startup. We are about to close our series A round of funding, which... I don't know if, you know, obviously people that listening are probably maybe worked in upper, in places where you've gone through a, a round of funding, you know, and trying to raise money, you know, that's huge. I mean, everything we do is going to be, ba you know, is based on what that projection looks like for the funding and, you know, where money comes from and all of that. And so I think 
while you're building something, you know, there's so many other things to consider around what it is that you're building. And, and what's great, I mean, for me too, you know, it's new and exciting to be at a property, like at a league now. So now I'm managing sponsorships, you know, big name, you know, your, your Gatorade, Wendy's, Verizon, Progressives, champions of the world, you know, managing what they're doing with FCF versus before where I was negotiating and working for the brand as their agency on, you know, a record. And, you know, being on the other side is interesting after having seen the, the, you know, the, the client side for so long, it's interesting now to be on the other side and sort of get that perspective. So for me, I wanted to be in a place where I could continue to help build and, and help some, you know, help something grow, but also the familiarity of the same business that, you know, we were, I was working in before, except now, instead of, your traditional, you know, sponsorship, you know, whether it's signage or like traditional assets, like now I'm in an innovative place where we can literally create assets and, and devise new ideas for brands, which for them is something new and exciting, which in turn is new and exciting for me too. So it's so cool. I, I, uh, I mean, there's no funding, there's no venture capital, there's no series A funding unless somebody believes in the product and its upside. So that's a huge testament right there is like, okay, we're doing some things right if people want to be involved in it and all the brands that you just associated with, I'll be completely transparent. It was probably six, eight months ago that our graphic designer, Chris, reached out to me and said, you should really check out FCF and you should really see about getting a guest on the show for it. And I remember doing the research and thinking to myself, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see if this plays out. We'll see how this goes. And it's amazing. It's really, really interesting and innovative. So for those who aren't as familiar with it, can you kind of take us through the product? Like, what are we talking about here? When we say fan-controlled football, it sounds like, okay, I get it. The fans control, but like, what does that really mean? Yeah. So I think one of our main taglines, you know, says it all, you know, and power to the fans. And I think, you know, it's it's really interesting um, when you look at our four founders, you know, they were just a group of four guys that wanted to have more autonomy, like of their favorite teams. So, you know, that, that could be anything. And, and it initially started with, with them doing a sort of test run with an, with an AFL team. Um, and they commit, they commissioned, you know, arena to let them, um, you know, let fans, you know, call plays, you know, they worked out technology to, to do that and it became successful. And at that point they thought, wow, like, why can't we take this and make this a, a whole league? And so what's great is that, you know, for our league, you know, in, in any other league, you know, a majority of the costs come from, you know, travel and all these things. And so our, the idea of like, a league in a box where like everyone, every team's in the same city was the initial, I think, impetus. And then obviously, you know, with fans being involved from every point from, from the beginning of naming the teams, coming up with the team colors, with their designing logos, logos, fans actually submitted logos that were then voted on by fans from that point. So everything is fan controlled, fan involvement from the beginning, fans, you know, obviously we have you know, a bunch of celebrity team owners, which a lot of um, people know, you know, from Marshawn Lynch to Quavo to Renee Montgomery to Austin Eckler, like a ton of, of you know, whether it's athletes, celebrities, gamers, um, you know, it's been, you know, and obviously NFL athletes themselves. But what's awesome is that it is actually 
football. It is real players. It is, you know, a lot of guys that people might even know from their college days, from, you know, NFL days when they were there, you know, Johnny Menzel, Josh Gordon that we had last season that that played, um, you know, which is awesome and obviously providing opportunity for those guys that are players, but but also for the fans, you know, we're seeing now that the demo um, and especially with the, the, these new generations, you know, of fans, they want fast pace, they want quick action. So we have one hour games, you know, it's seven on seven, it's a 50 yard field, like everything is meant to be high scoring and moving fast and exciting. Um, and of course, you know, fans are calling the plays the whole way. So fans are registering for, you know, picking a team, registering to you know be a member of that team. And then from there, they're, you know, calling the plays, they're, they're, they're working on all of the things behind the scenes, you know, for our league, you know, that's, you know, we ask fans, you know, is it one foot in or two foot in for a touchdown? Is it, you know, do you want to see, you know, fans voted on doing a rock, paper, scissors instead of a coin toss, like fans, <laughs> li- <laughs> which is awesome. You know, fans literally control everything, which is great. And so it's like FCF sort of combines, you know, your traditional football with like Madden with like esports. you know, there's all of these things. And, and as, as especially that were brought, you know, broadcast on Twitch. And by the time this podcast out, the announcement, which is coming out tomorrow, that of this big deal that we just signed with NBC. So we'll be um, across across NBC and NBCLX and Peacock and and all of their um, distribution there. In addition to Twitch, um, which is our partner also from season one, as well as DAZN, which is coming back for season two as well. So you know, it's really awesome to be able to sort of FCF sort of combines all of these, these, you know, these things together to make a really exciting and new football product that people, I think at first kind of don't maybe understand or not sure what, but then once they see it and they realize like, wow, this is pretty cool. And, and I think for us too, we saw, we had goals of numbers of viewership that we wanted. And I mean, literally in season one, we had a million plus viewers for every game, which wow. shows you just where the interest is and that people once NFL is over still want football. <laughs> Yeah. You hit that mark and you see those results and you're like, okay, we're doing things right. So let's keep going. But uh, I wanted to go back for a second. So if I'm a fan and I'm involved in this situation, you talk about selecting the plays and this totally makes me so curious. So am I literally on the app with a, with a menu of available plays? And then it's like all other listeners, viewers like me are being pulled and whoever gets like the highest percentage is the play they run. Like, is that literally how it works or? Yes. And does that take a delay in time or is this like super streamlined now? Like, I'm just so curious how this whole thing works. (laughs) So of course, timing is everything. So yeah, you have 30 seconds to call the plays. Everyone, every person that is registered for the team that's currently on offense at the time is allowed to vote. Um, you vote either it. in app or on the dashboard on Twitch. Um, and yeah, it's awesome. You you can choose run play or pass play, and then it'll give you you know five to six selections of possible plays that can be run. And then you choose the play that you want to run. And then there's actually, we partnered with season one with IBM. So Watson, IBM Watson predicted the percentage of, you know, probability that that play would be successful or be a touchdown, et cetera. And then from there, you know, fans are voting on these plays and you're seeing the percentages and then the highest play that was voted on is the play that is run. And then for you as the fan, we have something called fan IQ points. So you vote, but every time you vote and then that play, if that play is actually chosen, you get more fan IQ points and which we call multiplier. So the more fan IQ points you get over time, you move up in levels, your voting power is actually stronger where, you know, if you're a level 10 versus a level one, you're, you're able to actually have more power in your vote. So your vote 
in a sense sort of counts more, you know, it's all weighted and, you know, electronically algorithmed, but yeah, yeah it's, it gives, you know, fans incentive to not just go in there and just pick some random play. You know, you, you want right. to pick the best play and, and working with other people sort of on your squad, which, which is great. And, and yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. It's, it's in, you know, it's a real time in game, you know? And so the play is chosen, it's relayed to the coaches and that's the play that's run. Past. <laughs> it's insane how cool it is. Uh, so it's totally gamifying the entire process and then also just really involving. It's like, like you said, it's a combination between the Madden experience, but with real live people and players. I mean, it's amazing to me that the technology is the point where it can happen that fast and that accurately. I mean, are you sometimes like, do you take a step back sometimes and say like, I can't believe what we just pulled off in the last 11 months? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I think that's, you know, you just hit it, you know, the, the tech behind everything, you know, there's, we have developers that are working nonstop, you know, since even before the start of last season to get ready for you know, our upcoming season two and, and make ensuring that everything, you know, runs smoothly and, and, and is there and, and obviously user experience and user interface, you know, UX, UI, which are, you know, big, you know, buzzwords, you know, and phrases, but, you know, making sure all those things are, are really where they should be to, to have our fans, you know, have a seamless experience. And um, we are going to be now having eight teams. We had four for season one. So those of you like you, Brian, that are less familiar, will be able to actually follow the whole process from the beginning and an announcement of four new teams coming to season starting through the season through the championship so we'll get a chance to actually rebuild you know to build four teams um you know again from scratch for this season which is really exciting and can get fans involved to to pick a new team or you know get involved for the first time if they haven't already been i'm geeking out a little bit here because it is really <laughs> interesting to me and i just think it's it's a fascinating approach and i love anytime i've had a lot of people on this show that you know come up with new innovations or have a new way of looking at things and i just admire it so much because it's so easy to get into a bucket of understanding like sports are these four sports and this is what they are. And it's like, no, there's so much more than that. And there's so many interesting companies out there and tech platforms and all those things that are developing. It must be really exciting to be on the forefront of that. But I mean, it's a startup still. And you have a title, the Senior Director of Marketing Partnerships. How would you, if we're just going to take this down for a second, why I geek out a little bit, but how would you say and define what your role actually entails in theory. I know it's everything. I know you cross over into a lot of things, but how would you define the main objective of your role as part of the FCF team? Sure. So I am the team of one on the marketing side at FCF. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds it, busy. <laughs> when it comes to our sponsors. And so we had 27 uh, marketing partners last year that I managed. Um, and again, you know, I mean, everyone from, you know, Champion, IBM, Progressive, Verizon, Wendy's, Gatorade, Great Clips, you know, Whoop, Vroom, there's so many. But I think what's interesting in for me is while it's a lot, especially in season, to make sure that everything is running and you have all of the, the assets are being executed the right way and things that we promise to to partners, what's great is that for me, you know, helping to to ideate with these sponsors and come up with new ideas, you know, where of course, you know, progressive with NFL, you know, has a commercial and will run, you know, Baker Mayfield spot or, you know, some signage or something where for us, you know, it's content on our Twitch page. It's, you know, we have a fifth down, um, you know, as one of our power ups. So fans can vote, you know, get to a point where, where their team can have a fifth down. So like progressive has sponsored that. So really being able to create new assets that brands have never I've ever used before in other sports that they you know might might have sponsorship with and 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 finding 
ways for them to sort of get in front of this demo and this audience that we have, which, like I said before, you know, is very Twitch, very gamer, very, very niche. And a lot of brands are trying to find their way, you know, the idea of quote unquote esports like scares them. So I think FCF has been a great sort of middle, middle between traditional sports, sort of then your gaming and your esports stuff. And so brands have been, you know, very excited and very interested in, in what we're doing and how they can sort of you know, dip their toe into this sort of whole another world, but still at the same time have traditional football. Like these are actually good football players playing good football. These are guys that practice, go to combines and training camp and have strength and conditioning coaches, you know, and all those things. It's a real football product, but there's so many other things around it that are new for these brands. And so for me, helping those brands to find, find what it is that helps meet their goals in the context of what we're doing at FCF. That's been the most exciting part. And because we're building everything from scratch. So it's been great to, you know, tell a brand like, Hey, we can, we can develop the technology for that. We can create content for that. We have a great, amazing content team, a great social media team, you know, all the things that we're doing, you know, really can help elevate just your simple you know, obviously we have signage and, you know, you know, post-game show sponsorship, you know, and all of those sort of traditional assets, yep. but it's, it's been really great to help brands kind of, it's been exciting for them too, to, to develop new, you know, new things and see, you know, how they can sort of toy with, you know, getting into this new industry in a sense and, and really get comfortable with it. So it's been fun for me from that perspective and looking forward to, you know, we have a lot of our big brands that are renewed for season two and a lot of, other brands that are becoming on board. So it's exciting to see what we can do with them and, and help them meet, meet their goals. How important when you, when I go to your site and I check around a little bit and I look at what you've got there, you seem to really know your audience. You really seem to know your personas. I mean, you have a, a one of the you know top parts of your navigation says WTF is FCF. And it's just right there. You know, there's a tone. There's like a style that you're using here to attract to the right audience. Being on Twitch, gamifying so much of it you know your audience and you're really leaning into it in a hard way. How important has that been as you bridge this conversation between marketing sponsorship opportunities as well to really know who your market is? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know what WTF is FCF is huge because part of what we need to do is educate. I mean, that's the one thing. And even like you said, you know, you weren't really familiar, like people then get familiar and they're like, wow, this is actually really cool and exciting, but it takes getting over that hump of education. So that comes with your WTF FCF. It comes with, you know, videos, you know, not only that live on our Twitch channel, but that are run and played before our game days. So you can, we can easily explain, you know, how do you sign up? How do you call plays? Like, how do you get involved? And so that's been huge for us in terms of, you know, our goals. And, and really you talk about our demo and I mean, meeting them where they are, (laughs) I mean, you know, and that's, and that's Twitch, that's social, um, you know, it's, it's short bits of content, you know, snackable content, you know, all of those things that we're seeing, which are the ways that, you know, these new Gen Z, you know, errs and these, these younger demos are engaging with brands. So we're really trying to do our best to, to, to meet them where they are, you know, and I think what's cool too, is that, you know, you have your sort of Twitch and your gamers and that sort of culture there, but then we also mix in like real athletes and, you know, gamers that we, and celebrities that we have as owners, which really resonate also with our demo because, you know, influencers, you know, all of that is, you know, so, so huge. And they're seeing like, wow, like Marshawn Lynch, like NFL player, like, wow, Quavo, like, that's cool. Like, you know, all of these, you know, these, these people that are involved, you know, when you see like, oh, they're involved and I like them and I follow what they're doing, it, it, it gets more people involved. So between 
those things. And then the education part of it, that's really been sort of at the forefront of how we're going after our demo and, and trying to get people on board and, and interested in, in playing along with us in our, in our, in our little football bubble. <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, I'm thinking back to, you know, 15 years ago when I was working in the broadcast media, traditional sports network, and being very frustrated at the time that they were not adapting to social and doing more integration and doing more aggressive, innovative ideas. And it frustrated the heck out of me. And now you fast forward to where we are now and you see the level of engagement that you guys are developing is going virtual and streaming and all of this, the missed opportunity. I mean, we, we don't need to tell the other leagues so they don't follow in your footsteps, but is this the missed opportunity that a lot of these leagues are missing out on? And the, the thing that you guys are really carving out as a niche and taking advantage of, is this the future of how fans and audience members will engage with sports and expect something different from the entire holistic experience? Yeah, I think that your traditional, you know, four leagues, you know, they're just that, you know, traditional. And I think it's very hard for them to sort of see change coming, want to step into that change and be at the forefront of that change. It really takes other people and sort of, you know, things that are more innovative and, okay, this maybe does work. Maybe we can integrate that, you know? So I think, you know, they're a little bit slow moving, but I think really what you're seeing now is that Fans want to be involved. Fans want yeah. to be more involved than just watching the game, you know, at home on TV. They, you know, whether it's calling plays or just being involved in decisions, you know, you have your favorite team. Like, who doesn't want to be making the decisions of what their team is doing and ha- what that looks like? And and for FCF, you know, we even have an added layer. Um, we've, we have partnered with the platform Republic, um, which has helped us to offer fans the opportunity to actually become owners so fans can actually also invest for a minimum of minimum starting at 100 150 to just to get in i actually am an owner of the beasts myself i've invested um right but, down i'm getting but, in on this <laughs> but it's a great opportunity you know and fan, we have fans that now you know they've they've invested in their team and have some ownership stake you know they're calling plays you know they're involved in every single bid and we have fans that will like reach out with a question and they'll be like hey this is you know jasmine i'm an owner of the beast you know and it's really exciting <laughs> to see you know them get involved you know in ways that yeah, you really that can't ownership. get yeah. yeah you really can't get involved that way with you know your favorite NFL team or you know otherwise so i think what we're trying to do not only at FCF but you know franchise which is our you know our our umbrella is is fan controlled football is just one of and i won't say but there are two other sports that are in the works that we're working on um to be able Please to make it baseball like somebody needs to reinvent baseball okay she's nodding for all those who can't see she didn't say it <laughs> I didn't i'll say, say it, it for her but i mean the, my goodness that's our goal you know is to get be able to get fans involved and to find out what that looks like and you know obviously like our our founders started by, you know, the sc- with, by buying the Screaming Eagles, you know, in AFL and trying as a test. And then now here we are with FCF. And so I won't say too much, but there's different things in the works to sort of kind of replicate that to find what would work, you know, from a fan controlled perspective. And the goal yeah. is to, to, to expand to a bunch of sports and really get fans, you know, to be involved and, and have ownership, like you said, in, in their, in their passion and their team. Once you see things working, I mean, that's energizing, right? I mean, it's like, yes, it's stressful. It is hard to launch a new league and and it's like all the different things going on. It can feel like completely overwhelming. But as you look at it after the season is complete, when things settle down a little bit and you're like, wait, that really worked. (laughs) It's time to grow. It's time to innovate and take advantage of this. So that's really cool to hear. How would you articulate, like if you look back over the last 11 months or the time frame of of the FCS since you've been there, um, how would you articulate the biggest challenges that you faced? 
Um, I think the biggest challenges, especially in me in any inaugural season of anything is just not knowing, you know, you're, you're praying the tech's going to work. You're hoping that, you know, the commercials are deployed on time that, you know, all of these things, you know, come together. So I think there's a lot of nervousness in, in, in it for us on our side. And, and honestly, you know, it's great because we were fortunate enough that nothing really imploded or was like a big, you know, mess up on, which was great, but there were things that we could definitely tighten up. But the good thing was that externally, if you didn't know that that one little thing wasn't done, you wouldn't know the difference. So it was great for us to, to sort of, you know, it's all an experiment and it's all, there were a lot of things that week by week on the fly we were changing or doing, or, you know, having to, to, to sort of be fluid with, which is, which is very nerve wracking sometimes because you want everything to, to work out. But, you know, it's one of those things that's trial by fire, (laughs) you know, trial and error really. And so we were fortunate that we had opportunities and we have a great team of people that, you know, we were all watching every single game, you know, games and, and, you know, I went down to the bubble, you know, and was there making sure things were going, were working. So it's, 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 yeah, it's nerve wracking, you know, and obviously, you know, as a startup, you want everything to be very successful. Like you, you know, that you have a lot to prove. And especially as, you know, now that we're looking, you know, to finish closing now our series A round of funding, like we had to make sure that everything ran in some ways without a hitch, but as best to our ability for season one to be able to say, look, like this can be successful. We were successful. Like look what we can do, look at what we've done and what we can do going forward and and what will be bigger. And so we took the 11 games, you know, that we had, you know, in season one, which is now multiplying to 31 games for season two. So it gives us opportunity to replicate the, the good things to fix the things that needed to be fixed, you know, and all of yeah. that. So it's definitely exciting, but it's, you know, at the same time, you know, nothing's proven. So it is very nerve wracking, you know, while you're going through it. <laughs> when does season two start? Season two will start um, in March of 2022. So right uh-huh. af- pretty much right after Super Bowl ends um, next year. And we have all of our combines and everything starting next month. So guys will start to, and obviously with the addition of four new teams, there will be 200 plus players this year. Yeah. And and what's great and which I kind of failed to mention before, but, you know, teams are drafted every week. So, you know, you as the, the owner of a team, you know, you might see a player and you're like, well, I, I, I like that player. And so you draft that guy and then you see him the next week and you're like, ah, eh, he wasn't so good not going to draft him this week and you pick someone else for that position instead. Like it's really exciting and it's going to be great now to have more teams and more players, which is more exciting for the fans. You know, we, we do our best to provide all types of stats and metrics. We worked with whoop last year on recovery scores and all oh, these cool. things to, to help give the fans all the data, all the information, everything that they possibly can possibly need to make informed decisions. So that's, you know, super exciting as well. And, you know, season two, while it will be in March, is going to come up pretty fast. Oh, yeah, it is. So how would you, if you were going to characterize off-season plans and your kind of main goals to get ready for March, obviously you're adding a lot, you're scaling up with NBC Sports. There's a lot of things that you're taking on. For you personally, how would you look at the next four to five months and say, okay, these are the main things I need to really be focused on in my role as a Senior Director of Marketing Partnerships? Yeah, for me, it's the making sure the partners are renewing, it's signing new partners, it's for the ones that renewed and the ones that are coming on, you know, what does the partnership look like for the, for the 
renewals, what worked and didn't work as well, where do we want to sort of switch, you know, the attention and sort of the assets for them. And so that's been, you know, something that we've been working on um, right now. And then also for me personally, like having a background, you know, outside of FCF, you know, with talent and other things, like I'm helping to work with our, um, our, our team in, um, owner and influencer um, head, uh, Lauren, who's awesome and helping to find, you know, other team potential team owners and, you know, reaching out to my agency relationships to find, you know, other players that can come on as owners or that like love the gaming space and sort of develop that a little bit. And then also really for me as well, it, it's a lot of, it's going to be planning around how can I get not only our team owners, but our, our players, both from last season and the ones that we will sign for this year, how do I get them involved in what our partners are doing? You know, how can we yeah. help? Unlike the no fun league, we, we preach to our players that we're here to help them. They all have brands and different things and we're here to actually help amplify their brands for them and help them grow their own brand and business. So how can I, while working with our sponsors, integrate our players and things and initiatives that they you know are interested in? How do I tie that into what our sponsors are doing to create, you know, elevated content, to create just more, touch points for our players, for our sponsors, for our fans. Um, I mean, we, we partnered with Susan G. Coleman last year and we had a player that donated for every touchdown that he, he his mother had breast cancer and he donated for every touchdown that he made to Susan G. Coleman. So how do we find all of these tie-ins to make, to just amplify everything that yeah. we're doing? And so that's really what my job is as we sort of gear up for, for season two. I love that. Treating the athletes as a part of your growth rather than an asset, you know, like they are, they are part of the story. People love to connect with the athletes and to feel like they understand them as humans and they have a brand and they have things that they believe in. And we want to hear that as fans. Right. And so this idea, no fun league, you said it, I'm just quoting you, um, of trying to separate from that, I think is another misstep. It's like the idea of building them up to be part of the FCF brand, I think, is so valuable and smart. Uh, tell of me course, this. Is I mean, Marshawn? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, of course, and, you know, and right now, too, you know, you talk about influencers and like micro influencers, you know, like that's what our players are. You know, we have players with 200 followers to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers. Like, yeah. you know, the fact that they're participating in FCF and the things that they're doing with us, you know, that gets genuine eyeballs like that want to yeah. sign up because they like that player and they have a relationship with that player. So it helps us. I mean, it's really in our best interest too to help facilitate that, you know, for our talent. Is Marshawn the coolest cat that you've ever been around? I mean, he looks it to me. He's pretty. He's a pretty interesting character. He is <laughs> by far probably our most popular team owner. Um, if you go back and look at any of the broadcasts where he was was in studio and speaking live, um, it was very interesting. And, it's very entertaining. You know, it's definitely very entertaining, and that's what we love. I mean, that's who we are. You know, we want to have right. those moments. You know, those moments where Marsh, where Marshawn talks about he's going to go eat something and take a dump, like hilarious like he's just you know it's, it, it brings just a whole different level to everything that you just don't see on your traditional you know sunday night football broadcast or something yep. you know and so that's super exciting we love our team owners yeah i don't want to hear chris collins worth talking about that so <laughs> i appreciate it coming from marshawn not the same from al michaels <laughs> marshawn can lean into that persona as best as he wants and he can it works yeah. Okay. So we'll finish up with this and we'll take it back to a little bit more of a serious note. Although I just think this is so cool. And I love the the barriers you're breaking and like the no rules kind of mentality of like, let's try it. Let's get after it. Let's see what we can do. That's different than other people. And I think that approach is so smart in today's marketplace. 
But as you look back, we have a lot of people, young people in our audience trying to figure out a lot of things about their careers. And as you reflect back, like what are those really important moments that you'd share with somebody else that's trying to come up? What's that advice that you'd want to share with them that has kind of helped guide you? Well, I definitely think, and I tell students this all the time, um, you know, you, you really, it, it's really about your network. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing in sports is, is, is who, you know, and, and the relationship that you, relationships that you've developed over time. And so for me, I even took this FCF job because our CMO is a woman that I know from a professional organization that I'm involved in. And she reached out to me, you know, put something on LinkedIn and I end up finding this opportunity through that. So I think the biggest thing is, is really network. Um, I second to that, I mean, and especially, you know, as you switch or, or getting into maybe switching or pivoting, you know, roles or industries, you know, it's just really being prepared to, to be involved in more than what is just there in bullets on your job description. Like you really need to be, you know, you can never learn too much or ever stop learning. And so for me, you know, I've, I've always found success in, in, you know, sort of being interested in things that were even outside of what I was directly responsible for or doing, but I found that, that, that interest helped me to better understand the things that I myself was working on and how those things were related to other things in my company or in our industry or for my talent that I'm working with or my brand that I'm that I'm working with. So I think really, um, you know, those are the biggest things. And then, you know, aside from that, if you're, you know, go start a proud, like just be prepared to have ideas to be able to, you know, mold things and, and really be serious about understanding that, you know, you are in control of like me, like us now, like we're in control of like what FCF looks like and how it's built and how fans interact with us and how brands and sponsors work with us, you know, all of those things. So just being being open-minded to new systems, new ideas, you know, being able to implement, you know, any new thing that you read about. Like for me personally, like I listen to podcasts, I read sports news pretty much all day, every day, every type of outlet you can think of. And so, you know, being aware of what's happening in the industry, what's going on with either your talent or your brand or all of that, and just developing those relationships. Those are the biggest things that have, you know, helped me to find success, you know, over the years. And I, my biggest piece of advice to everyone is, is usually the fact that like, no one really knows what they're doing. We really are all figuring out as we go, whether you're at a startup <laughs> so or in a traditional thing, like that's life. So don't be worried or scared, like speak up, have ideas, keep learning, you know, develop good relationships. Like those big things will, will, will get you and help, help you find success, you know, no matter where, where you are, where you're going. Amazing. This was fantastic, Jasmine. I really want to have you back on after the second season because I'm hooked now. I'm very interested in this. I think this is such a, an amazing sector to watch improve and grow and develop over the coming years. So congratulations to you on all your success and thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Brian. It was great talking with you. And, I'm going to invest um, in the I'm looking now. forward to seeing, to seeing, you know, which, which team, yeah, which, which team you get involved in or you want get to get in on one of the new teams when that comes out too. Mm, I think <laughs> that might happen. I think I might need to get involved. My kids might not have to teach me how to use Twitch, but we'll get there. We'll figure that out. <laughs> thanks, Jasmine. This is awesome. Thanks, Brian. I don't know if you could pick up on this from the interview itself, but I was feeling the fan-controlled football. Let you know a little secret. It was about a year ago. This first season was midway through. Like, it just started their first season. And Chris Culp from our team, who's the extremely talented graphic designer who does all the episode artwork, came to me and said, you should check out the fan-controlled football. I think we should get a guest from there. And I'm like, uh, no. Like, this seems like a gimmick. This is not going to last. It's going to be gone by the time I interview somebody. Well, I was wrong. And it is pretty cool. And I 
was literally interviewing Jasmine with questions that I wanted to know the answer from. A lot of times I'm asking questions that I'm like, I know the answer to this question, but I want to hear them say it, or I kind of know the spirit of what they're going to say. This was legit. Like, I want to learn how this works because I'm kind of hooked. I'm really interested. And like I said, you tell me Marshawn's involved and my interest is peaked. So I hope you got as much out of it as I did. It's a really enjoyable conversation. I like to see these new areas that the sports world is pushing into and embracing some of these new technologies and really making it at the forefront. Sometimes the major four sports get a little stuck in their ways. You know, baseball could use a rebrand, could use a new outlook on things. We need to bring some of that outlook to baseball, if you heard me kind of hint on that. But it sounds like they might be heading that way. And that could give some lifeblood to that sport that desperately needs it. But that's for another conversation. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jasmine for coming on the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It's important. We want to keep growing. I appreciate every one of you. <laughs>